see you guys. So this is a, a very special day in the, the life of our church as we have our first Vision Sunday. And uh, two warnings with this. This may be the longest that I will ever speak, which uh, might not be a great thing. And secondly, it might be the most that I cry. <laughs> but I have cried a lot preparing it. So I think I've got most of it out of my system. Uh, this is a chance to celebrate all that God has done in the last year and all that God is doing right now and all that God is yet to do in this city and region as we look ahead uh, to 2019. And also, just to encourage us, please, will you feel free to cheer or clap or whoop when we're celebrating what God has done. Uh, we want to celebrate. Uh, this is family business. This is family business as we uh, recap. In Hebrews 12, 4, I believe it says, let's throw everything that hinders and the Britishness that so easily entangles. <laughs> So let's just open our hearts and cheer and thank God for when there's something that stirs us or we want to, to celebrate. So at this very point, we'd normally open the Bible right now together and read a few verses and then have a short talk. We're going to postpone that a little bit. We're going to do that in a little while. And uh, we thought, what better way to start our Vision Sunday to recap and look at the last year. Uh, before we do that, we'd, I'd like to recap who we are as a church and our vision and values as a community. If we could have the next slide up, that'd be brilliant. So this is what we should, as a church family, live and breathe as we look to share Jesus to Inverness. Firstly, we are part, as I mentioned before, of the Vineyard, a family of churches over 130 in the UK. And this week I had the absolute privilege of being at the UK conference uh, down in Nottingham. And the vineyard is in rude health. I heard that phrase, and it's quite a good phrase, so I'm going to use it. It is in rude health. Amazing things are happening. And we are part of a movement of churches who are passionate about every generation encountering the presence of God, placing importance on times of worship, filled with expectation and wonder, serving the poor, and loving our communities, and planting more churches throughout the UK and throughout the world. Who knows, maybe one day we will be doing that as Inverness Vineyard Church, sending out churches and planting to other areas. So our vision for Inverness Vineyard Church is to be a place where people come alive. In Ezekiel 37 verse 4, it says, Dry bones, hear the words of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life we believe that when people encounter Jesus, the adventure in life really begins. That we come alive and we begin to step into an exciting future and promise of eternal life spent with God. That impacts not only our lives, but the lives of people around us. And we long to lead the city of Inverness and the Highlands into life. And you know, we've had confirmation after confirmation of this vision statement that God birthed in Mary and I, uh, that this is the vision that he's planted in us for us as a church family. We have had various dinners and lunches and coffees uh, with all of you. And one of the most consistent things that come out is that the phrase, I'm, I'm coming alive. I'm coming alive. I never knew following Jesus could be like this. There's something happening. There's something stirring. God is doing a new thing. And there is more to come. And our values as a church 
Hopefully, you should know our vision and values as a church. They've been here each week on here. But our values as our church is that this church would be a place of fun. We've got to laugh, haven't we? We've got to have fun. God created fun. Uh, So his church should be fun too. Uh, You know, too many of our generation are scarred by an experience of church that wasn't fun. And we we don't take ourselves seriously but we give God our full attention and we want to treasure those moments in His, in his presence. Uh, adventure is another value. We arrived at the beginning of adventure. We arrived uh, at a moment of great risk and three families that moved with us as well, even more so. If we just actually take a moment to think about that, three families, we said, okay, we're going to move, we're going to sell a house, we're going to change our jobs, we don't know where we're going, we don't know what uh, we're going to be doing. And then three other, lots of families said, we're going to do that too. We arrived with adventure etched on our hearts. We want to continue as a church with that as part of our DNA. We don't want to be people saying in the years to come, what if I'd done that? What if I'd stepped into that? We want to be a group of people that say all together in 20, 30, 40 years time, imagine if we never. Imagine if we never. We want to be family. We want to be loving, looking out, cheering on, crying, praying for, eating, sharing. And you know, as families do, we won't get it right all the time. But we look to bring our best for one another, to love each other ferociously. We want to be a church that serves. You know, if you join us on the adventure, if you fill out one of these orange cards, you just have to join in. If you join us, you join in. And we can't do it without you. Like a a ship at sea, everybody needs to get stuck in to keep us moving towards the vision that God has planted on our hearts. The Bible, we're passionate about the Bible. We teach from it every week. We believe in it. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we love it. We treasure it. The Holy Spirit, we're a people who love His presence, and we love when the Holy Spirit supernaturally intervenes. We love when the Holy Spirit heals We love when He restores. We love when He brings freedom. And we need the Holy Spirit. Worship is another value of ours. And worship is the heartbeat of Inverness Vineyard Church. And George and Emma, just to commend you guys, you guys are building an incredible... We should give them a cheer at this point. And George, if you're offshore listening to the podcast, bless you too. They are doing an incredible job at building the team, building a culture of of worshiping God. The hidden places are places we honor you both and honor the worship team and the sound team and the media team. We love it. Worship brings us to a place of remembering God and His great love for us. We need Him and we thank Him for all He has done for us. And these worship moments can often be our fuel for the weeks ahead and our safe place of comfort when we step out of this building and it's just chaos all around, that this is a safe haven to meet God, to encounter Him, to be filled up, and then to go again, knowing that God has us. We want to be a church that is relevant. We want to create a space that is welcome to Joe Bloggs on the street. I'm waiting for the day that I say that, and there is a Joe Bloggs. That'll be a very cool moment. But anyway, uh, we want to speak in a way that's accessible without Christian jargon and sing worship songs that are fresh and filled with God, whilst remembering that Jesus at any time can speak, 
and do exactly what he wants. So we may have all these plans, but God is God and we are not, and he's in charge. We want to be open to that. So that's our church, and I thought it'd be really cool to look back. Uh, The writing might be a little bit small, but I'll go through uh, some of these key dates just to celebrate and to give God the glory. So in August 2017, uh, we were commissioned from our sending church, City Church Aberdeen, which we served for over 10 years as a couple, and I was on staff for seven years of that time. We moved into Mary's parents for three months over at Inches uh, on the 31st of August 2017, and our team consisted of three families, and, we, and they all got moved a year later. So that was August 17. October 2017, we didn't mess about. Two months later, we wanted to start something quick. We wanted to start something that would allow us to connect with people, to have a regular Sunday morning slot that would be highly relational so friendships could be built. So Rise was born, our breakfast drop-in, and around 40 adults and kids descended into the drama studio where we all cramped in and we had nowhere to move and it was the best fun and I didn't sleep for about a week after. It was incredible, incredible. December 2017, we had our first carol service as a church and just over 20 adults joined us. Just next door in the drama studio, we set it all up and we squeezed into that studio using a little projector screen and fairy lights that kept falling from the curtain every 10 minutes. It wasn't slick and a mic with a cord that I kept tripping over every time I was speaking. It wasn't slick, but we did it and it was family and it was fun and God was with us. April 2018, we had our very first Sunday service. Yes, that's the first whoop. I'm thinking of a prize I could give you. (coughs) Chocolate, yeah. We should do that. We should get a lot. Anyway, anyway, I'm getting ideas. About 70 adults descended into this space to join us, to cheer us on, and to have a little nosy to see what was going on. Our small groups launched in April 2018. We have three small groups uh, around the city, and our quite brilliant Vineyard Tots and Vineyard Kids began. And any team that are here sitting with us this morning who have sown into Vineyard Kids and Vineyard Tots, we love you. Thank you so much. Uh, The guys there are doing an incredible, incredible job. October 2018, we celebrated our our first birthday as a church, and uh, we received a one-off gift of over £20,000, which was just incredible. And on that Sunday, our very first person gave their life to Jesus. Now, that should be something as a church that we clap and cheer and thank God for. So that was a week of supernatural provision and also incredible breakthrough. And the following three weeks, a further seven people gave their lives to Jesus. So at that point, I'm screaming, revival, come on, Lord, what's going on? You're doing something amazing. The month of October was just, I was just broken. I was a mess in October. In November 2018, we employed uh, one day a week two children's pastors, David and Michelle, and also an administrator, Heather, and Mary, a few hours as well. And we launched Miracle Question, so our team that goes out onto the streets and shares, uh, shares Jesus, asks people, if God could do one miracle in your life, what would that be? And Cherry uh, leads that team up who's through at Vineyard Tots, 
And to date, four people have given their lives to Jesus by going out onto the streets and sharing, uh, sharing Jesus, sharing the hope of Jesus. Yes, it's good. In December 2018, we had our very first beer and carols event. We sung loads of carols. We gave away a free beer to people who brought hampers. Yes, that was the biggest cheer. Hmm. We'll be having an extended prayer time this morning. We were get, uh, people who brought hampers along, we gave a beer to, and it was great fun in the Black Isle Brewery, uh, Black Isle Bar, sorry, it was lots of fun. And we had our first Christmas family service as well as a church family, which I've got to say was one of the most innovative and interactive Christmas services I have been at. It was amazing. It was a sense of family was tangible, and it was just such a great celebration. It was so well thought out by the guys. So, uh, David and Michelle, when you listen, thank you very, very much. And uh, if we could have the next slide up, here are some of the highlights uh, of our church, which I think actually will tie in to our values as a church. So, growth. So, this is not only bums on seats. It's lovely to be growing numerically, but Mary and I desire more that we're all growing in our faith, that we're growing in here. We started with eight adults, uh, and we've nearly got 70 adults who would say that Inverness Vineyard Church is their place and their, their church to journey and explore Jesus more and to, to get to know him, which is quite astonishing. It's quite astonishing. And so many kids as well from when we started. And it's only by God's grace. And we celebrate this growing family we have nine people becoming Christians. Oh, is it not coming on? Oh, you're trying to find it. Oh, that's weird. Okay, we can slide it across. That means it's bigger. Oh, you're doing it so it's bigger. That's good. This is great, isn't it? Nine people becoming Christians. So between our vineyard kids, our Sunday services, through the week, or out in the streets, we celebrate that nine individuals' eternal destiny is heaven-bound. And we ask for more. We made over 150 meals for people in our church and city. So that consisted of, last January, we cooked over 100 portions of mincing tatties for vulnerable families in our city, linking in with Gateway, who are a homeless charity. And in our church, we have cooked meals for families who have had babies, who have moved house, or folk that are just going through a particular tough time in life, uh, we blessed them with meals. That's incredible, isn't it? 150 meals. So good, so good, yeah. Coffee, now we're speaking my language. Around 3,500 cups of tea and coffee were drunk. And over 2,000 pastries have been eaten. And I have accounted for around 20% of those figures. We thank you, Jesus, for pastries and good coffee. I, this is another figure which was staggering as I, I got my calculator out, my pencil behind the ear and writing loads of numbers. Mary was wondering what I was doing. At least 3,200 volunteer hours have been given to this church and to the city. And this is conservative, and it doesn't account for the hidden. And this is remarkable. I want to, I want, I want, let's applaud and thank each other and just celebrate that. And we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for that. That is just a remarkable, remarkable figure that is making an impact. And we love what you are pouring into our church to making this vision and meeting these values. Over 1,600 pounds given to missions. God's provision in the vision. 
We arrived off the back of kingdom generosity. Mary and I were sent from our sending church with a, a, a gift which amounted to over £20,000 for this church. And we carry that forward to bless others. We arrive with generosity. We want to give out of generosity. And as a church, we have committed to giving 15% of our income to three mission partners. So just to detail those to you, firstly, Kids Club Kampala, which are a quite astonishing charity in Uganda, doing amazing work with kids in the slums of Kampala. So we give uh, to them. Gateway, which is a local charity based in Inverness, which do uh, amazing work. A few of you might know who they are. Tackling homelessness uh, in this city in practical and powerful ways. They put up shelter. They provide meals. They help with reintegration into society and to work. And then Vineyard UK as well. We give to the Vineyard Movement as they give and support further missionaries around the world, resource the UK movement. The amount of resources that we have available to us as a church is astounding. And they also champion and support church planting. We are here because of what they provide as well. What an incredible amount, isn't it? And I realized as I wrote that, that uh, we need to get as in Mary and I need to get better in terms of communicating to you what's going on with our mission partners. We are working towards getting a little desk where we share a little bit about that. And once a month, we're committing to having a mission Sunday where we take a chunk of time before we open God's word and get to hear what is actually going on in these places that we're giving money to. How is it making a difference? So uh, it's really exciting and really humbled this early on to be given that sizable amount of money to be given that out. For, for God's work. We've also seen a number of stories of healing, including one lady in our church who now gets free apple pie in McDonald's. So let me tell you how she gets free apple pie in McDonald's because she went into McDonald's and she offered to pray for a staff member there who had a sore wrist, prayed for the staff member, her wrist got healed, and now anytime that she's in, she gets free apple pie and the lady calls over all the other staff. Have you got anything wrong with you? Get this lady to pray with you. So it's uh, amazing, isn't it? I haven't, yeah. I should really use her to get apple pie. Anyway. <laughs> and then also our medical question team. I think it was the first time they went out, or yeah, the first time they went out, they seen a boy miraculously healed of eczema. Uh, was being prayed for, the mom was being prayed for, and then the child was being prayed for, and the rash disappeared miraculously on the street, which is just absolutely amazing. God is on the move. So I could go on and go through all the rest of uh, these highlights, uh, but we've not... We've not got a massive amount of time to do that. So with full hearts and celebration, I thought it'd be really good to have a moment of worship and a moment of celebrating, really intentionally crying out, celebrating, cheering what God has done in our church. So if the worship team could come up and get ready uh, to do that, that would be absolutely amazing. And we want to give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. So why don't we stand? I just would find it quite fitting if we could applaud Jesus. We could thank Jesus and just cheer Jesus. I know that might sound slightly uncomfortable for some people, but I think there's something in just recognizing that uh, and allowing ourselves that outward kind of declaration of, you are good, God. You have provided. What an amazing, what amazing stats. You know, in one year, to be able to be reading that out, in one year, to be able to be sending out that amount of money, in one year, for that amount of people to say, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. In one year, that amount of meals 
to be spread out of our city, those hours to be given to this church and to this city. Can we cheer Jesus? Can we thank Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. Let's worship our God. Thank you that you're a good, good father. And we celebrate, Lord. We celebrate. And we would pray, let the joy of the Lord be our strength, Lord, as we go into this next year. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. I've got like a super futuristic kind of, looks something like Star Wars. Look at the bottom of it. Anyway, these are the kind of attention to detail that I verbalize. So we're going to open the Bible. And briefly, what we feel as a couple that God is stirring for our church family for 2019. We celebrate what God has done, but all we want for this next year is to see what the Father is doing and join in. Uh, and the words he has given us for this Vision Sunday and the words for 2019 for Inverness Vineyard Church are very simple, but we believe very significant. And the, word, the two words are make space. Make space. Uh, so I did what any millennial would do in, in getting a word or thinking, like, what could I do with this phrase? And I Googled it. <laughs> I Googled it. And one thing that was striking on the whole, that most of the articles for making space all involved reorganizing. What is that thing that people are mad for just now where you fold your clothes in a certain way and, and put them in? I don't know what it's called. No, it's something. Yes, that's it. Yes. So people are doing all that. Uh, you don't need to lose anything. And making space. You have room for more, more clothes, more books, more toys, more plates, more jewelry, more stuff. But I think when God has given these words for our church, make space, and for everyone who calls Inverness Vineyard Church their home, because I think make space means we're to get rid of some stuff that have been getting in the way. Mindsets, comforts, securities, things we've held on to too long, things that have become part of us. I, let me paint a picture. I went on a plane this week. I went on four planes, actually. And getting to East Midlands Airport, I went via Belfast, which I thought would be a great idea. But airports are incredibly tiring, even though you're sitting doing nothing most of the time. So I had floor, four flights with Flybe. And I got nervous because my bag was packed to the point of it bursting. And I noticed the Flybe bag checker. You know the thing you need to put in before you board the flight? And I was doomed. Because I knew there'd be a £50 charge if I couldn't get my bag into that thing. So I took some stuff out of my bag. And I started thinking, I could wear four jumpers and my jacket. Or how would I look with two pairs of jeans on? Would that be all right? I started to think, what could I get rid of? And I managed to squeeze some jumpers in my backpack. And it was still pretty full. Uh, so I grabbed another jumper and I tied it to my backpack as I went on and I managed to get through. All was well. There was no additional charges. But I think that picture and that experience is a lot what we're like when God whispers, make space. And God is asking, where am I figuring? You see, when we get to spend time with him, often we may panic because we know that the way we are living, he's being squeezed in and he is being tied on in the end of a backpack. And what he wants to do when he is whispering, make space to us as a church and to us as individuals, is wanting us to open up the bag and just to pour it all out. He's wanting us to empty it afresh and he wants to say, make space and will you start with me? 
And I've never felt so strongly for a long time that this is a word for us all as a church. Mary once had a baggage disaster when we first started going out at Belfast Airport. Collecting her bags, she saw it on the conveyor belt, and it burst open with everything she owned in full view. And there was a tiny little belt around it, and she just burst out into tears. She was really upset. And you know, you see, I remember that picture because you see, to empty it out before God might, be, might hurt a little. There might be stuff that comes up that we're to give to God. And it might kind of pour out of us. But it will be so freeing and it will be so worth it. We are a new creation this morning. What are we wearing this morning that we are actually dead to? The enemy love that perhaps the enemy loves to say, that's important. That's part of you. You'll never get that off. Where the work of the cross has dealt with it for good. Maybe this morning making space is about stepping into who we really are. A child of God, no longer a slave to fear, no longer a slave to sin. So let's empty the bag. I want us to look at 2 Kings 8, 32, 8 to 32 this morning. And I'm going to, it's a whistle stop tour uh, this morning. And I believe there's three areas that God, through this passage, is calling us to make space. To give you a little bit of a backstory, we have Elisha. And Elisha was a prophet, God's spokesman to the northern kingdom, succeeding a man called Elijah after he was taken to heaven. And Elisha's life was filled with signs and warnings and miracles. And he stood firmly against, there was lots of evil kings at that time. And he stood against them. He was a courageous man. So we're going to pick up in 2 Kings. I haven't got it on the screen, unfortunately. Uh, does anybody need a Bible at all? I'm going to ask. Uh, Paul, could you dish out these Bibles? Does anybody need a Bible? Put your hand up and Paul will get them out to you. If not, he can just have three Bibles. No. Great. Okay, let us read 2 Kings chapter 4 and starting at verse 8. One day Elisha went to Shunem and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shun Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her, Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, do not mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. The child grew <coughs> and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey, so I can go to the man of God quickly in return. 
Why go to them today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When she saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy has not awakened. Amen. We'll stop there. And just to carry on the story, I'm just conscious of the time. Elisha comes into the house and the boy is miraculously raised from the dead. The three areas that I think are, that are, maybe, that are around the call of our church is around invitation, expectation, and foundations. We are to make space, firstly, at our tables. We are to make space for the miracle. And we are to make space for growing. So make space at our table. We believe that as a church, God is calling us into a new level of invitation. So I want, first of all, as we, as we preach from the front, I want to just share that every time we preach, we preach to us as a family. Although I am here and I am speaking to you, we are with you in the trenches, we are with you in the joys, and we are preaching to our own hearts as well. We journey with you, and God, by His grace, is forming a radical family. But we must be stirred for invitation, both within our own church family and in our streets. The people that God is placing in our paths for a purpose. You know, it's no accident, it's no coincidence, it's deliberate, and He is at work sometimes more than we can acknowledge. We see the Shunammite woman in verse 8 to 10. Whenever Elisha passed, she invited. Not only that, she made a small room. She went over and above. This was more than a cup of tea and a rich tea biscuit. This was come into our world. This was enter our life. This was be part of what's going on. Share with us. Mi casa is su casa. Is that right? My house is your house. This was making space at the table. A little bit of Spanish there. In verse 10, it says, whenever he comes, he can go there. There is always a space for Elisha. That's an amazing challenge. Who are we making space for at our table? Is it our neighbor, our family friend, our kids' friends? My mom and dad were incredible people at this. Uh, we, one of their friends, their, his wife, sadly passed away very suddenly. And my mom and dad had this man over for dinner every weekday for about, probably about seven years, to the point that he had his space. We knew how he loved his cup of tea. My mom and dad loved him relentlessly. There was always a space at the table for him. He was part of the family. Just imagine if we had streets filled with parties, meals, communities with people who had nowhere to go, and we fed them. 
loved them and clothed them. That's making space at our table. And I'd love us as a church to start now, to start today, to start on Sundays. A few extra tatties ready in the, in the pot for our Sunday dinner. An extra plate laid out and pray before we leave. Lord, who's to set? Who's to eat from this plate from our church family? That we invite each other and then we look to invite people in our worlds, in our workplaces, that there is always a space at the table. So to make space at our tables. And then secondly, to make space for the miracle. When I think of miracles, I often revert to sporting stories, I'm sorry to say. And I think of Istanbul, Istanbul in 2005. Liverpool were 3-0 down at halftime and they managed to win the European Cup. It was, I remember it, yeah, I was at university. I think of Leicester, we're all probably seen on the news, 5,000 to 1 to win the Premier League and they went and done it. But also, to get a bit more spiritual. I think of the video that we showed two weeks ago of Shane Taylor, one of Britain's most dangerous men following Jesus, being broken, his heart just being broken for the things of God, a radical transformation. And we think there's just no chance of those things happening. We are called as Inverness Vineyard Church to make space for the supernatural presence of God into situations. For the people that have been written off, for the people that have thought, this has passed me by, for the people that have given up, for the people that there's no hope, we are called to make space for a miracle. We see the Shunammite woman didn't make space. She was helping Elisha and she wanted, and he wanted to find out, how could I repay her? He was, she was opening her house. She was feeding him. She was getting him to stay. And he wanted to know, what could I do for her? And she longed for a child. You know, to the point that when you look at this dialogue, she couldn't even speak it out. She'd often, she must have said to Gehazi, because you notice that it wasn't, it wasn't the Shunammite woman that said to Elisha, I'm longing for a baby. It was Gehazi, because she couldn't, she got to the point that she'd given up that she couldn't even say it. She couldn't even say the dream that God had placed in her heart, the desire of her heart, because it, it was long gone. In 2019, we are to make space for the miracle. What in our lives have we shut down? What have we closed up? What have we accepted? Perhaps it's a chronic illness. Perhaps it's our, our battle with our mental health. Perhaps it's our partner's absence of faith. Perhaps it's our family breakdown. Perhaps it's having a child. And what about the people that we know? that we go out from here, that we share life with? Where is God calling us to, to make space for a miracle? As a church, we believe in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We are hungry for more of that, more for more miracles, for more healings, hungry for the city to encounter him. But we must make space for the miracle whether that be on Sundays, at small groups, at the petrol station, at work, at home. Where is God whispering to us, make space for the miracle? And then finally, make space for growing. As I was praying and preparing, I had a picture that for some of us, this vision of being a place where people come alive, we're trying to run towards it. And it felt a little bit like we we're running through treacle this morning. And you felt like just staying still. And I believe God is saying that this is a season for growth for a lot of us. And as a church, 
and that a number of us feel like we've been stuck. We're wanting to dig deeper. We're wanting to go further. Remember the quote, remember in the dark what God spoke in the light. God never, ever leaves us or forsakes us. And as a church, we are to make space for growing, that prayer would underpin our relationship with Him, that reading His Word would provide nourishment and direction in our struggles, that in the area of worship, we'll be running to, to spaces where we are worshiping, encountering, becoming expectant through the highs and the lows. Because although the world may be chaotic around us, one thing remains unshakable. There's one thing that doesn't change, and that's, that's God and His love for us. So God is calling us as a church to grow deeper in Him, to know Him more, to trust Him more. The Shunammite woman in verse 23 knew her son had died, but she had faith God would bring him to life. She wants to go to the man of God quickly. We see that in the passage and it says in verse 24, don't slow down. She's running. She is flinging herself towards him. She has faith for death to be resurrected, for life to be breathed in. What needs to change for us to have a faith that run towards God, not only in the joys, but in the trials? And I, I believe it's making space. I believe it's an emptying out of that bag. What we've been carrying or wearing that's not part of who we are. What has been stuck on or attached or followed us on the sole of our shoes? We are new creations this morning. Sin is no longer part of us. We are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. Uh, this week at the conference I was at, it was some amazing teaching on identity. And we might look to roll that out in small groups or a teaching series. I'm still uh, undecided on that. But there was a guy who's speaking into this called, had the best name ever, Putty Putman was his name. Putty Putman. It's brilliant. And he says this, our journey is a journey of allowing the Lord to renew our mind through the Holy Spirit so we can live in the freedom we have already been given. So good. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're sitting here this morning and you have asked Jesus into your life, you are in Christ. The new creation has come. We are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is right here. We are dead to sin this morning. So some practical steps very quickly uh, that we'd like to, to roll out as a church. We are, are going to be starting a little a journey together as a church called Two Tables. And it's very simple. We want to, as a church, we want to bring two tables into one. So once a month as a church family, we want a vision for two meals to be shared on one table. So that means two stories into one, stories of friendship, hospitality. And we're going to offer a sign up for church families to sign up. And basically what we'll say is Sunday coming up is a two table Sunday. And what that means is that we want you to pair up. We want you to put an extra tatty in the pot or an extra pizza ready in the oven. I'm trying to think of other food things and my mind is blank. Uh, yeah. Tin of baked beans, extra tin of baked beans, an extra cup of coffee that afternoon later on. We want you to make space at our tables and to, to really invest in our relationships here because to do that, we always talk about this space being a practice ground a practice ground in the things of the Spirit, to be praying for each other, to be praying for healing, to be practicing here, to take it out there. And we want to model that as well in terms of the, 
uh, in terms of hospitality. So uh, we're going to be doing that as a church family in the coming weeks. Also, our uh, press in as well, just to go to that. Our prayer meeting is now going to be happening monthly. We want to root prayer in everything that we do. And what's happening with press in is that one month we're going to be dedicating it solely to worship. So an evening of, of worshiping God. And then the other alternate month is going to be a prayer evening where we pray the whole time and see what God wants to do. So we feel really excited about that. And then just in terms of uh, making space for the miracle, we have this little wild dream of a community drop-in. We would love to do a community drop-in. And we put this in terms of making space for a miracle once a, once a week in a morning to place the lonely in families. As we do it in here, we're well aware that out there it's a desperately sad and broken existence for a lot of people in our city, so we want to provide a space. And we said making space for a miracle because we, want, we need a miracle. We need the right people who, if you've seen that right there and you're going, oh, my heart's beating a wee bit faster, God's speaking to me about that. We need a team to run that. We need some people with a heart to run that. We need to identify a space in the city where we can do that, where we can put on our coffee, a really strong, good coffee, and get some nice stuff to eat couple of cafe tables, very similar to our Rise set up, and just be there relationally for people in our city. So uh, that's our three practical steps that we'd love, uh, we'd love to press into as a church. We'd want to make space in 2019, make space at our table. My notes are going everywhere. Make space for the miracle and make space uh, for growing. I'm going to take a couple of minutes well, one minute, just say hello to somebody next to you, and then we'll get into the final part of our vision talk. So let's do that for one minute, because time is ticking. So, uh, just as we close, we want to chat a bit about, just, in term, just to give you a bit of flavor in terms of financially, where we are standing as a church. And if you've been part of our church uh, for this last year, you'll know that we don't chat about money every week. We have an opportunity where we speak uh, for the offering and explain what happens there. But we thought it'd be really helpful to be transparent and to let you know where we're at, how this last year has panned out, and also how we're governed and everything that happens with that. And I'll try and get through it as, as quick as I can. So our finances are overseen by our charity trustees. And uh, they do a remarkable, remarkable job. It's two guys in Aberdeen uh, that uh, we know and myself that form part of the trustees of Inverness Vineyard Church. And uh, I just want to commend them to you. They are, are two guys full of faith. Uh, their names are Alistair Elder and Peter Turner. And it'd be really good to just give them a cheer when they listen to this podcast to let them know that we appreciate them. Uh, a lot of what they do is in the hidden you might never meet them as well, but it'd be good as a church if we show their appreci our appreciation to them. Can we do that? Just cheer them and thank, thank you guys. Thank you very much. We so appreciate you. Uh, so at the moment, uh, myself and Mary and the trustees are the only people who know who is giving and what they are giving to church life. So just to be uh, transparent in terms of that uh, to you as well. We would love to at some point get a treasurer who holds on to that and who is aware of that and holds on to that. I think uh, the trustees were thinking because of my previous banking experience is something uh, that I could start off with and being a jack of all trades as we church plant as well. Uh, so just to be open in terms of that as well. And the vineyard movement provide incredible regional, regional in terms of Scottish and also national 
support in terms of advice and guidance and wisdom. Uh, so we're eternally grateful in terms of that. So just to give you a, a, a snapshot of where we are in terms of figures. So we were sent with just over £22,000 uh, from City Church Aberdeen. And that was a combination of a one-off gift and also the families and our, ourselves who were going, our giving went into a pot and then we were given it, I think it was over about four months. When we said we're coming to Inverness, there was a separate pot and that was added in. So £22,815. Gifts from other churches. So uh, we received £550. When we announced on social media and were commissioned that we were coming to Inverness, other churches got in touch and gave, which is amazing. And that was such a joy to have other churches thinking the kingdom and wanting to bless us. Uh, and then we have our giving. So that includes gift aid. So gift aid gives us 25% on top of what you give, which is an incredible, incredible boost as we budget. Uh, 45,552. That's all right, isn't it? So that included our one-off gift of 22,000 as well. But when I look, it's just incredible. Just absolutely amazing. And uh, we're so thankful to God uh, for that. And that has a, to a total income then uh, from when we were commissioned to December 2018 of £68,917. And in terms of what we spent, so just to give you an idea uh, of what we spent, we split it into categories. So mission, we've spoken a bit about that already, 15% of our giving, which worked out when we started it as £1,682. Ministry, so that is Marian, Mary's one day a week and also my salary, which is two days a week for the vineyard, for Inverness Vineyard. Uh, so that is that. Our administration, so that's administrator salary, but also the countless amount of memberships and licenses and insurances that we need to subscribe to as a church to protect ourselves and also uh, it's a requirement, a legal requirement that we have all that set up and the set up of policies that amounts to uh, 2,344. Building costs, so that amounted to three and a half thousand pounds for hiring drama studio, dance studio, classrooms, anytime the worship guys wanted to come in as well. Uh, so that amount to that. Church life, that's all our equipment. So everything that you see in terms of speakers, sound desks, laptops, leads, boxes that I don't know what they do, banners, our outside banners, our coffee machine, just everything that makes church happen. And that amounted to 8,507. And that includes weekly, like our ASDA order that goes in, our coffee cups, uh, all the regular costs involved with that as well. And our children, uh, so that amounted to £1,858, and that's our salaries for our children's pastors for the two months from when they started. And again, all equipment, toys, banners, uh, everything that's needed for the ministry, baby seats, etc., uh, etc. Et and we need a few more baby seats, which is great. So that's good. We'll put that in the budget. Also, to make you aware, uh, if we go on to the next page... So we started the adventure with 23,365. We added 45,552. We spent 36,228. The trustees, uh, we set up a reserves policy. So when we recruited the four staff on one-year contracts, it was agreed that we would ring fence that money so that we're able to honor that one-year contracts and put that in a separate pot so we can pay them for the full year uh, and have the security of doing that. And also added on to that is three months running costs as a church as well, should 
something happened where nobody gave anything that three months would be able to, to see it through. So as the security for the church, which is incredible, so close then to be able to do that. And that leaves us with just over, uh, well, just under £12,000, so £11,864. So as you look at that, 11864 might sound a lot, but should we spend the same amount as last year without any giving this year, we would be way in the minus. So we don't have a massive security, but as I recap, we have God. We have God. And to be honest, speaking about this and sharing this and thinking about the money side of things, as we went to plant Inverness Vineyard Church, it uh, was one of my biggest worries. And it's often said, for the vision, you need provision. And God has provided. God has provided. And we are so, so blessed and grateful to be in this position. And it's God's grace. It's God's grace and favor uh, on this church. And it's unheard of. It's, on, it's a miracle. And we celebrate uh, for that. So just a couple of things on giving as we close and we'll sing a time of worship together. I want to say thank you. If you have given to this church, thank you. You have helped to make it happen. You have sown into people's lives. You have helped vulnerable children in Uganda. You have helped homeless people in Inverness. You have contributed to nine people giving their lives to Jesus. So thank you uh, for your generosity. And then secondly, God calls us to play our part. You know, as we speak about money, we honestly don't want anything from you. We want something for you. Let me explain. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7 says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should... Uh, give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is kingdom stuff. As we, uh, I spoke, as I went back to Aberdeen a couple of months after we moved to Inverness to say thank you, I felt this word of kingdom generosity unlocks doors. Uh, well, generosity unlocks doors to the kingdom. And it's so true because the generosity that we've been carried by has allowed this. And I guess my, my word for us as a church is to uh, to come before Jesus and to ask, what does that generosity look like for me? And to have faith and expectancy for what that will unlock in the future uh, in our city and with the people that we love as well. And also just to share uh, playing our part. I remember being in an alpha course two years ago and we were in this coffee shop and we're hiring it out and there was waitresses serving us. who have done a brilliant job. We were getting into great conversations with them each week. And in the last night, one of our team said, I feel God saying we should give them an offering. I feel God say we should bless these guys and be generous. And he said that his exact words were, because you know, you can what? A lot of people think Christians are stingy, eh? And I was like, yeah. So what we did is we spoke, we whispered to the team. And bearing in mind, some of these people on the Alpha course weren't even Christians. We said, these waitresses, we've got to know they've done a great job. Shall we give them a little something? And it was the most amazing thing. People were running out to the cash machine. People who had we'd only known eight weeks ago running out to the cash machine, getting money. We had this pot of money. And honestly, there must have been, there was about 20 people in the course. There must have been 300 pounds in it. And the guy who had this word stood up and he went, we just want to thank these ladies. And they just bawled their eyes out. They just bawled their eyes out uncontrollably. It was one of the most precious, it felt like heaven had invaded earth in that moment. Generosity unlocks doors to the kingdom. So good. So God calls us to play our part. Uh, giving is good for us. God loves a cheerful giver and it allows us to play a part in all that is happening and all that forms 
Uh, part of our worship as well, John Wimber says, show me what you spend your time, money, and energy on, and I'll show you what you worship. Even if we didn't need the money and had, we're saying we've got a million pounds in the bank, as your pastors, I would still be saying the same thing. Uh, give in an identifiable way. It's really helpful for us to budget. At the moment in our church, uh, only 23% of households, uh, part of our church, give in an identifiable way via direct debit. So the best way to set that up is online via our website. There's a tab called Give on our website. It's all secure and it's through our charity bank account, CAF. They process it, set it up, and they do an amazing thing where they actually process our gift aid as well. Uh, which is amazing. Any questions on that, you can let us know. And it allows us as well to receive, we joke about it, but allows us to receive your money when you aren't here and when also when you're on holiday, which again allows us to budget, allows us to know exactly what we've coming in that we can spend out uh, on ministry. And also the next one coming up is we want to see what the Father is doing and respond generously. You know, in 2019, who knows what God has up his sleeve? Who knows what God will speak to us about? Who knows what God will speak to you about? We want to be a church. If, God, if you have a dream that you're, that morning you're emailing us, God might be saying, we would love that. We would love that. It's not solely just down to me and Mary. We need everybody. Everybody gets to play. And who knows what uh, our Lord is scheming for us as a wee church. And if he is asking us to do something big, wouldn't it be great to be able to respond? Wouldn't it be great to be able to say, actually, we can shuffle some stuff around and we can make that happen. So we want to be able to respond. We had a, just very quickly, during the Christmas holidays, I think it was two days before Christmas, one of our neighbors, we've seen a fire, we've seen some smoke coming out of one of the houses, literally three doors across from us. And uh, we looked out of Struan's bedroom window and it was engulfed. The whole house was engulfed in flames. So Mary, being the incredible nurse and nurturing heart, she said, take Struan! And she bolted because she saw some kids and she ran out and she took the kids round to our house. And we felt God saying, as a church, we have to bless them. So we were able to give them some money uh, and just to say, in your crisis, just to let you know God loves you and have a gift from Inverness in your church. So Mary went round with some money and she, again, just broke down in tears. And I mean, she was all over the place. But, but to be able to, to bless her, to let her know we were praying for her. And who knows what God will do with that. But we want to be able to respond in crisis moments in our city with people we love and to say, here you go. Here you go, have this. Here you go, have this. God loves you. And and have an impact and, and trust God with that generosity. And then just finally, we want you to pray. We want you to pray. We want you to bring it to the Lord. We don't chat money off, often, but it is important, and we don't want to shy away from it. You may give already, and just to put this as well, you may give already, and the Lord may be asking you to increase that. You may just be about to start and deciding on an amount, or you may have a lump sum that you feel the Lord is calling you to, to give. Whatever the case, can I ask us as a church family to bring it to the Lord in prayer, to be intentional about that. And it all makes a difference. We hope that you feel as encouraged and as stirred as we do as we were preparing this and as we have delivered this vision talk. And uh, God is on the move. And if we had a glass, I would say, let's raise a glass to, to 2019 of the life of Inverness Vineyard Church. We believe that we are investing not just in 2019, not just in the next five years, but we really feel clearly that we are laying a foundation for generations to come. 
the Inverness Vineyard Church. The foundations are being built for a church that will be here beyond all our years. And we count it as an honor and a privilege to lead you all. And I speak on behalf of Mary and I. And we love you all dearly. And we continue to often, if we're being honest, feel overwhelmed by what, what God is placing on our hearts. But we think that's the best place to be <laughs> because we'll continue to rely on Him. So can I encourage us to keep going and let's see what is in store and to make space and to let's do it full of life. Let's stand. We're going, to, we're going to sing one more song of worship to close as a, a, yeah, just a declaration and to bring all of this. I'm conscious I have spoken a long time and there is a lot in there. You may want to go back and listen to it. Uh, so let's worship the Lord to close. Let's pray before we do that. Lord, we thank you so much that you are on the move. We thank you that it's all about you, Father. Will you help us keep the main thing the main thing? Will you help us look to you? For people of us that are here, Lord, that have that, that bag, that our lives feel like we're just, you're just hanging on to the end of it. Well, right now, by your Holy Spirit, can we unzip? Can we just pour that all out, Father, right now before you? We want to do that. We want to make you the center. We want to make you the heartbeat. We want to make space. So we do that right now. And as we come to worship, will you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Fill us to overflowing. Will you reveal more of your goodness, Lord? Will you show us in a fresh way how much you love us, how much you cherish us? Will you remind us that we are a new creation? Amen.